Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Perizopoulos, and welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And today, we're going to dive back into Marcus Aurelius' meditations. We're looking at book seven, number 28. And I've once again started on a little bit more of a consistent basis to just start my day sitting down with this book and a highlighter and some note cards to take notes about what I think, about what I might share uh, as my kind of daily routine here. I will also, I know we've done a lot of the meditations. I will do this with other books, but I love this quote for today. So let's get back to this a little bit. I think it's still in line with our spiritual spring cleaning. And I think ultimately this whole podcast will be in line with that concept. I, I do think there will be episodes where, as I hopefully did with some of those, I clearly identify, okay, here's a pathology, and we're going to start with that and then move into some philosophical discussion and suggestions. But to be honest with you, I was kind of missing my routine of just grabbing a book, flipping through it, finding something that looked interesting, and giving myself a few minutes to think about it. So we're back to that a little bit today, and again, I do hope it's helpful in a way that is similar to the spiritual spring cleaning. I love this quote. I actually think it connects nicely to some of the thoughts we had about procrastination, where I hopefully presented that procrastination can be a good thing, right? We have to learn sometimes to put things off for tomorrow, right? Um, we don't have tomorrow's answers today. So knowing how to grapple with that and, you know, pausing, not quitting, I, I think is a really interesting idea. That being said, today, this is Marcus writing to himself, giving himself, I think, a call to action from a very philosophical perspective. So this is book seven, number 28. And he wrote to himself, the mind's requirements are satisfied by doing what we should and by the calm it brings us. So for me, there's three parts here, right? First, we have this idea of the mind's requirements. And I think by mind, let's say mind and soul are kind of similar here. So when he says mind, don't think physical brain, right? So let, let's think of mind as the soul, the thing that we sort of make choices with, the thing that we make judgments with, the thing that ultimately, I think in large part establishes how we relate to ourselves and others and plays a role definitely in how we take action. The way we take action, why we take action, how we take action, all these things are profoundly connected to the state of our, our mind and our souls. But our beliefs and our thoughts and our ability to control them, I think, profoundly impact the way we take action. So that being said, that's how I want to understand or I, that's how I ask you to conceive or understand the mind, right, when, when he says that. So the mind's requirements, we have to characterize those. We have to learn to understand that, right? So I think this is a beautiful sort of nod to the concept of vocation, right? The idea that we're called or, or we feel compelled by certain things. We're called to do certain things. We feel attracted to other things, right? These are important thoughts, feelings to examine, right? So what are your mind's requirements? So for me, as I just said a moment ago, this is kind of coming, you know, occurring to me now, actually it's coming to me now. I felt compelled to grab this book the past couple of days. Right. So when we feel like something is missing, that's a call, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be, let's say, something that we condemn or something that we fear. These are all just calls, right? Something's missing or something feels great when we do it. These are kind of pushes and pulls in life that I think will sometimes feel profoundly as if they're coming from us internally. And other times they'll come from something external. Right? And again, I, I love the idea that's a requirement, that's a call. I think it was Bono, the singer of U2, I'm not sure though, who sort of said that inspiration wasn't 
a child that you care for. It was more like a parent that kind of gives you a requirement or a parent gives you, I don't want to say a demand, but an expectation maybe, right? A parent is, your relationship to your parent is, and this is of course metaphorical, right? Because these relationships also shift all the time. And sometimes you're your parent's parent and sometimes your parent is your parent. But just for argument's sake, right? It's the idea that, no, you have to answer the inspiration. You don't really control it all that much. Is his was his conception of of what a calling or what a, a a soul requirement might be, right? I think the ancient Greeks also would say the muses would sort of descend, right? And we've talked about this. I love this idea, and they would kind of provoke you in a sense. You had to answer the call, and that's what this quote from Marcus today is sort of about, right? But I love starting off with the idea of like, what do you, what is your soul right now? Like, what does it feel, and how how does it create a demand or how does it create a requirement? for you, right? Another way to think of this might be like, what do you feel hmm, when you don't do something and it makes you feel strange or uncomfortable? That's an interesting idea too. And I think some of that could be very healthy. And of course, if taken to an excessive point, that could be pathological, right? But there are some people, you know, why do we even establish habits? There are some people who have such a commitment to habits because they bring them something healthy that you know, it, it becomes like a requirement in a sense. So our soul has requirements, our soul has needs. This is very Socratic too, right? He says, care for your soul. We all have a soul. There's a great uh, Greek kind of mantra that I'll just translate. So everyone has a soul, right? So if we have a soul and we can agree everyone has a soul, we have to care for it. That's a Socratic idea from the apology, right? He went around Athens telling everyone, care for your soul. It's a requirement. And the mind and the soul's requirements will change through time, right? As I said, internal calls will be heard. External calls will be heard. We will change as individuals. The world around us will change. So our requirements of the soul of the mind will shift. But it's a cool idea, I think, to, to locate what seem to be our most frequent requirements, right? And again, for the Stoics, we have those four virtues. Those are kind of like requirements, right? Put your mind Put your soul in a space where you're acting justly, where you're acting courageously, where you're acting with temperance, with balance, where you're pursuing wisdom and embodying wisdom, right? What kind of soul do you want? Make your own requirements. Make them conscious. Make them clear. Write them down, right? Like we said, the soul kind of, you know, from the Socratic perspective, the soul governs the mind. I'm sorry, the soul slash mind governs the body. It, to a large extent, as we said, governs our relationship with others. It governs the way we see the world, our perceptions. So a large part of this podcast is trying to figure out, like, you know, today, what are my mind, what are my mind's requirements? What are my soul's requirements so I can flourish, so I can have a sense of eudaimonia? I can pursue it and embody these virtues. So a powerful idea there to start off with, right? The soul and the mind's requirements, that's a whole episode in and of itself. But we get into this idea of satisfaction. And he immediately connects satisfaction, not to thinking, but to doing. This is very much, in my opinion, connected to, or I don't want to say inspired by it, because of course I don't know if he was inspired by this. But for me, this inspires me to think about Aristotle and Nicomachean ethics, right? That is an action-oriented piece of philosophy. For Aristotle in that, in that piece, we think not for its own sake, but so that we can act better. We can act more virtuously. And for him, any action undertaken as a result of your own will, as, as a result of your own choice and volition, is aimed at eudaimonia. 
that sense of fulfillment, that sense of flourishing. Right? So to satisfy these requirements, these calls, we have to take action. We can't just sit and think about our thoughts. I know we talk, I don't want to say a lot because I hope we talk about other things too, but I would say we do talk a lot on the podcast about either thinking about thoughts or writing about our thoughts. But even the writing is getting us moving in some important sense, I think. And of course, it's also, it can be a very good thing to think about our thoughts. I'm not knocking that. But ultimately, what he's saying here is a little bit different. We have to make sure we're taking action. And I think in Nicomachean Ethics, Aristotle would agree with that profoundly so. So we have these calls. We're encouraged to think and feel certain things. Well, we have to satisfy those calls. We have to answer those calls, let's say, through action. Now, it's not just any action. It's action such that we act and do what we should. So don't act against your own purpose. Don't act against your own call. And this is inspiring me today because as I'm recording this, I wrote this recently. I have a whiteboard across. So I'm like sitting in my kitchen or standing in my kitchen at a, a counter. And as I look across the apartment, I see on a whiteboard I have a question I pose to myself would be, what would happen if you only focus on your highest purpose? Right. And for me, I think that the idea of focus really connects not only to thinking and feeling, but connects to acting. And as I'm recording this, I'm taking action. I'm doing this. I think philosophy is for everyone. I think this is hopefully useful. Right. I'm reminded of that question. And I think that's why Marcus wrote this to a large extent. Right. To, to do what you should. First, you have to know what you should do. That requires thinking. And then to take that action, it might require other virtues. Right. It might require discipline. It might require courage. And of course, especially in this example, right, of me doing this, it requires that I'm trying to become more wise. It requires that I'm trying to do justice to what I think he's offering here by expressing it to the best of my ability, uh, it meaning like my interpretation and trying to, let's say, address it in a way that's truthful, right? Like watching my words as I'm saying them, see if I'm conveying my point. Now, if I take that question seriously, what if I focus on my highest purpose and I do at least something, let's for argument's sake say every day, of course that'll bring me a sense of calm. That's harmony, right? To establish what we should do and not assume we should do something only because society says it or a friend suggested it, but to really examine it, right? Back to Socrates, to question it, to see if it connects with our, our inner, our internal life, our souls. How do we feel when we're doing it? is I think an interesting thing, right? Now we can't just base it only on how we feel. We have to examine it. It, again, meaning the thoughts, the actions, the feelings, and how these things align. But when we're talking about cultivating a sense of oneness, a sense of wholeness, a sense of, again, harmony, we have to create that with ourselves and for ourselves by doing what Marcus is telling himself to do here. Figure out what you should do. Then do it and then feel the sense of calm. So it's simple, right? But this is something I mess up, and this is you know such a natural thing that humans constantly mess up. We act against our own best interest. Locate that and try to figure out why. But don't stop there. You have to take action. And think about a time in your life, and I think of, you know, for me, doing this on a daily basis is really therapeutic. I think almost entirely because it, it connects to what Marcus is saying here. I think I should be doing this. I think I should be speaking about philosophy and learning about it and sharing it with others. And literally when I do this, I feel really good after. I think about exercise too. Sometimes I don't want to do that, but I know I should. 
I know I'm called to move. I know as Epictetus or, or Seneca, one of those two said, we are given the gift of guardianship over our bodies. So I know when I exercise, I always feel better afterwards. That's the calm it brings. This is really, I think, a pathway also to a eudaimonic life, a life where we feel fulfilled. And then I think if you get good at this, or if you get skilled, and then it becomes something you could offer the world, that's also a part of a eudaimonic life. Right? A large part of this podcast too is because I'm not lecturing, part of the motivation is I'm not lecturing in a classroom right now. I want to keep these skills sharp. I want to read every day. I want to think every day, write every day, and speak every day. So not only can I you know, bring calm to myself when I do this, and I think I do it well, but hopefully I can offer this to other people and it can bring them inner peace, which is one of the main goals of wisdom. Right? And of course, philosophy is the love of wisdom. So love involves attention. I pay attention to this. I pay attention to you, meaning my, you know, my student or whomever I'm talking to, right? And here we are practicing philosophy. So think about what your soul might require, what your mind might require. How are you taking action on those things? How are you not? How are you taking action on them in a way you should be? How are you taking action on them in a way maybe you shouldn't be? This is a great antidote too to find out or to examine ourselves for hypocrisy. I know what I should be doing. How am I not doing it? He's calling himself out here too a little bit. Or I guess he could be, right? So also too, I love how the idea or the end of this idea is that calm is the result. Well, the stuff before that really doesn't have to be so calm. You have to figure out what you want, what you need, what your callings are. And by that, I mean what you want, what you need for yourself to feel whole and for yourself to feel in harmony. Satisfaction comes before the calm. And before the satisfaction, there has to be action. So hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.